0: You've made it through. We've done part one, part two, and part three. And now we close this series of Dose of Donna Fisher with part four of Emotional Intelligence, where we're going to answer your, well, not we're, Big D is going to answer your questions and my questions as well. And as always here on Soccer Chats, Dose of Donna Fisher, we have with us the super bright, ecstatic, positive. She's got her, her, her liquid for her throat going, <laughs> living it up in sunny Florida. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, cats, dogs, chickens, and ducks. It's Donna Fischer. Big D, yeah. how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Wow. What an introduction. You need to go on the road with me.
0: You know, I wish I could go back and we hear that on like every other episode of soccer chat. I'm like, I need to like write these down. And then I'll like, if I ever have to introduce these people, I can, I can do it at convention in Kansas City you need somebody to intro you to your that's
1: you're it you're my man
0: there we you're go there man. we go Nick and I have always said that we are like the best hype people like if and you need maybe, somebody
1: to... maybe I can just record record a couple introductions yeah and then just take it on take it with me on the road like it's... there you
0: go there you go we'll make like a cool little like hype video that play like yeah, a, I mean, almost I mean, like the NBA how they play the videos before oh, the starting yeah. lineup. There you go. We'll, we'll get, we'll definitely get that going for you. So we, we've been talking over the last few episodes of dose of Donna Fisher about emotional intelligence and what it means to you as a coach, what it can mean to your players. Uh, you know, we had Nick on last week and, and Donna turned turned the questions back on Nick and I, as we felt like we were underneath the, the, uh, not the negotiations. You can tell that I'm like currently working on purchasing a house I'm talking about negotiations. Um, the invest no, what what is the light that they use in uh, interrogation Spotlight. room?
1: Spotlight. Interrogation room. Interrogation room. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I felt like I was on like NYPD blue back in the day. <laughs> and Donna's sitting there. I was
1: throwing at you.
0: Yeah. 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 So today we're going to answer some questions for everybody. The cool thing is you guys reached out to us on soccer chat on Twitter, uh, just by following the hashtag soccer chat or finding us at chat, soccer, S O C C R. You've also responded to Donna at Donna Fisher uh, on, on social media, as well as on her website, Donna And one of the questions that we got sent to us was what are suggestions when it comes to emotional intelligence that you have when it comes to those difficult conversations between a coach and a player, whether it's playing time, maybe when you and the player have talked it out, but, you don't want to really leave it at that. We're going to agree to disagree phase. Like you want to try to come to a solution. Uh, You know, what are, what are some suggestions that you have for coaches in that situation?
1: So yeah, the conversation about, about playing time is uh, yeah, typically always is going to be difficult, but let me, let me start with this. This is, this is what I suggest to, to all of my coaches, is don't answer that question. And here's what, here's what I mean. <clears throat> when a kid asks you, what do I need to do? What do I need to do to get, get playing time? What do I need to do to start? I never answer that question. Like and that. I'll tell a player that. I'll say, well, I, I can't predict the future um you know there's so many moving parts in in pieces to picking picking a lineup and so on and the opponent we're playing so on and so forth so i can't answer that question the question i can answer is what can you do to become the best version of yourself or what can you do to get to another level now you and I both know, Sean, the answer is the same. Yeah. The answer to both those questions is the same, but you're coming at it from, from a different perspective where you're focusing on that athlete and their progress getting better, right? It's, it's about the process of them getting better, not necessarily the outcome playing time, so that's what I try to teach is I I try to teach teach a concept about playing time that as a result of understanding that concept, it's gonna help them with their emotions. Is that does that yeah. make sense or is that too deep? Because I, I
0: on dose of Donna Fisher, we get super deep. I mean, you had your boy <laughs> last time like getting super deep into it. <laughs> I, 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 cause what you were saying, it was, it was really triggering me. Cause I was going to come up and be like, for the first time in my career, I know because it's, it's been said to me, I have players highly, highly concerned for next season about playing time right. because they're used to the upperclassmen always play all the time. They're used to, you know, seniors play all the time. And here i I've, I've come in using Nick's phrase of the ball doesn't know how old you are. If you're yeah, putting our team in the best that. position to succeed, we're going to play you. And I'm writing that
1: down. The ball doesn't know how the old
0: ball you are. doesn't know how old you are, and I feel like I don't think he took that from anybody, but he he says it on our show a lot. Um, and I know that they're very worried because of there's already like with the players that we have coming in, who are are they're all talented players, and I think the theory is, oh well, those are coaches' kids. He brought those kids in. He didn't bring us in. And there's this big, big fear of like, he's going to actually play freshman over upperclassmen. Yeah. If that's the case, that's the case. Like right. the ball doesn't know how old you are. Um, so for me, like, well, like I said, you, what you were saying, I was instantly thinking of like, man, like, t- you know, you said like, you don't answer the question about playing time, but what, how that emotional intelligence can trigger those thoughts in those kids' minds or things that you're, you're doing, like, you know, <laughs> I had a situation this year that it wasn't well liked that I was recruiting kids and I had to use the phrase wow. of like, Hey, I, I'm, you're going to be graduating within the next yeah, year, two or three years. A, I will be here longer than you.
1: Right. A coach is I, always out recruiting you.
0: Right. Like they're,
1: they're always going out to look for somebody that's better than you. <laughs> right.
0: That, like, that's part of our job. And so I know for me, it's I know that that conversation is going to be happening a lot this fall. And so, like I said, I was like taking notes of here of how you're saying, like, like don't ask the question, but you're going to get the same answer. And, you know, in the way that you, you respond. So like, how can you, cause we can't sit here as coaches and say, um, you know, I, I'm trying to think of ways to broadcast, like, don't talk about playing time. Don't talk about playing time. Cause you, cause it's always going to happen.
1: No, it's yeah. It's, it's a process of, when, when the question is posed, you, you stick to sort of the system that you have. Mm -hmm. Like that's part, that's, that's part of coaching is sort of, you have these kind of boundaries, I guess, maybe you could call them the Mm -hmm. boundary is what's okay. And what's not okay. And let, let, let's go back to this player that says, okay, well, they're worried when you said, you know, I've got players that are worried about playing time in the fall. So literally what I would do is I would ask, I would ask them, okay, well, what are you worried about? And their answer is gonna be, well, of not being a starter, of not getting playing time. Okay, why, why does that worry you? Like what, why is that important to you? Right, so how would they answer that question? Why is that important to you? Because, well, so this is the way that I think yeah. some athletes will answer while well, you think is, well, because then that means I'm good. Yeah. That That is, that is the bigger issue mm-hmm. is that is how, young athletes have been brought up is when they start, when they get a lot of playing time, then that means, attach meaning to that, that they're a great player. Okay? Well, that works against us also in this type of a scenario. So we've got to... teach the players over time and through relationship with them again i don't think it's it's going to be you know one you know one uh meeting or one you know presentation or session that you can you can give a team that it just checks the box and everything's this is this is part of emotions thoughts that players have and they're they're worried because they feel that if they don't start then that means they're not good enough they're not a great player they're not good enough does that does that mean that they're not accepted i mean that's that's an emotional piece too right of this if they're not chosen if they're not chosen then that they're not accepted. Let's, let's say
0: mm-hmm.
1: they're rejected. I mean, so there's lots of different perspectives that you can look at this and and some coaches might say, oh, gosh, that's super deep. Come on. Like, is, do we really need to, to go at it like that? Well, yeah, because we're human beings and, and they're having these thoughts, they're having emotions about this and they're feeling whether they can whether a young athlete can pinpoint and verbalize it and explain what they're feeling, it, it's there. It's this idea of uh, pressure from parents, maybe, to be the superstar. And then there's repercussions there if they're not.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's emotion wrapped up in that. Like, what? what how am I going to deal with that? But it's 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 so it comes so much back to they don't feel like they're enough if they're not starting and not playing. And I know, I know. Well, like isn't that the point? Isn't that the isn't that the point? Right? We you want to be the one out there. You right? You want you want to play. Yes, and, and we want to win. This is one of the most difficult things in coaching, I think.
0: Yeah. Honestly. And 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 how do you do that with and we all see it as coaches and I'm sure you've seen it as well, like that kid who's worried about playing time, who doesn't do a lot of things to like get more playing time. Like, you know, there's somebody who
1: Okay not now, doing off season
0: all... not doing yeah. off season workouts, don't really put forth the effort, um, you know, just almost I don't want to say like that entitlement thought process, but like you know, cause I, I can see some coaches, you know, I, and I've, like I said, we've all been there where you have that kid who wants more playing time, but like what their input is to their own development and to the, to the, the play of the team. Right. Doesn't match what those who are playing is doing.
1: Right. Their investment. investing. So yeah, this is, this is a good, a good direction to go here. So it, Uh, I'm a a fantastic driver. I know. Going back (laughs) to your first comment about, you know, you don't want to leave a conversation with a player just agreeing to disagree, right? You don't want to just, Mm -hmm. you just want to leave it. So if a player does not have a good view of reality, then we have to, yeah, I agree. You can't, you can't just walk away from that on, on separate pages. You've got to get on the same page. So how do you do that? Well, you've got to invest time in meeting with them. And so I would sit down with a player and say, okay, uh, you know, what do you, where are you now? What do you believe are your strengths? Okay. Where, where do you want to get to, right? What, what kind of a player do you want to be? What, what are you What are you doing right now to invest in yourself? Right, just go, going back to what you you just brought up. Are they investing in themselves to get better? And I might even go to last season or a couple months ago. Okay, where, you know, what level were you at back then? Mm-hmm. And I'll use just to get away from using the words good and great and okay and fine. Cause really what, what do those words mean? Cause perspective context is everything. Yeah. So I will use a scale one to 10. Okay. 10 is your best day ever. That kids, that person's best day ever. One is their worst day ever. So, you know, where, where were they? average speaking in uh generally speaking you know last season so let's say they they say they were a a seven okay well where are you right now uh well i think i'm an eight well coach if you disagree with that then you need to then that's that's where the conversation goes because you're kind of on the same you're on the same scale then of looking at at the kid, right? The this is, this is tough is to, to get them to understand the reality and they'll, they'll be defensive and push back potentially because, because of the way it's making them feel. And what we have to do is show them that they're valued and that they do have significance, even if they're not the best on the team, there's, there's going to be, there's going to be different, there's going to be different talent levels, right. And swallowing that, uh, and just trying to be the best that they can be is the most important.
0: And, no, and I'm, we will well, going into that conversation about reality. Cause I feel like as a coach, part of our job is being a reality check. Yeah, uh, You have those kids who think that they are all conference first team and you know, there's somebody who doesn't see a lot of the action in games um, you know, and, and maybe they're, you know, they work hard, but you know, maybe just technically it's not there adding into that EI perspective when you're having that conversation and that reality check, cause this is something I've, I've remembered from your, your, uh, I think it was part two where you're talking about how this emotional intelligence plays into your culture as yeah. a coach, you know, when you're having that, that reality conversation, I mean, I feel like you really do. Like, I think as coaches, we probably have conversations and you feel like you're walking on your eggshells. Cause you've got to make sure, like, yeah if I say the wrong thing, it's going to set off fireworks that, is not needed or wanted or not even necessary. So how do we keep that, that presence of that EI in that specific conversation of, as I would say, keeping it real.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: When keeping it real goes wrong. One of my favorite sketches from Mm -hmm. Chappelle show.
1: Well, look, we have to, we have to read, we have to read the player meaning as you're talking and trying to define reality, you have to read the body language, read the demeanor of what is happening inside the athlete, because potentially they are gonna feel so, uh, I don't know, just afraid, sad, angry, I mean run the gamut, whatever the emotion is. Mm-hmm. And they may shut down and just want to get away. Literally, just end, end the meeting because it's uncomfortable with XYZ emotions, whatever the whatever the emotions are. And so you can't allow that to happen. This is where the 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 level of the EI that the the coach has of right seeing the awareness of emotions in another person, that social awareness, and then in the moment, helping that person manage those emotions. So I will read it, look for it in a person, see it, and if I get any signs of they're super uncomfortable, don't agree with me, I will ask them, okay, wh- how does this make you feel? Like, what are you feeling right now? Can you, can you describe it? Can you talk it out? And so that's where EI comes to life, right? It, it comes to life there because we're, we're doing life with another person and we're, we're, we're going through the mess with them. That can, I, I could say that, that can get messy because The, the, the player's not getting what they want. They don't understand why they've been told all their life by their parents that they're a superstar. Mm -hmm. Uh, And maybe that's true, but maybe that wasn't what they needed to hear because they weren't right. And so going through that with them and having empathy That was the the other piece that I wanted to get to. So reading the player, asking them about those emotions, and then understanding how they could feel, right? Because again, as coaches, we got so many of these meetings sometimes to do. We just want to get through it. We know they're going to be upset, and we just don't want to deal with it. And so that's when I think we just say – well, that's the way it is. You need to go work on these things and, you know, see it. But the more, the more that we can show them empathy, which I talked about empathy in a little bit more detail last time. Again, you don't have to agree. Empathy is not agreeing with them. Empathy is saying, I understand how you could feel that way with the perspective that you have. Okay, so you're you're uh, you can affirm that within them. Uh, put yourself in their shoes. Get them then to see it from a different perspective. Right? Can can we then help help that that management? This is tough. Yeah. These are these are these are tough things.
0: Well, it, it makes me think of our, our next question cause you mentioned having empathy and, and you reading body language and stuff like that. Uh, and somebody asked, what is something as a coach to prepare yourself when it comes to emotional intelligence, when you're having those conversations with players, like, is there something that you can prepare yourself with? Like, or is there something that you can, maybe like, you know, Hey, I know on Thursday, I'm meeting with this player about the situation. It's Monday. I need to watch their body language. I need to watch their conversations at training and see how they're, how they're acting. Like how, how do you prepare for those conversations?
1: Yeah, I think the best, well, yes. I mean, to what you're saying, as far as maybe zeroing in more, having more awareness of what that player is doing, what, the, how, what they're saying, how they're being in, in the recent training session so that you have a, a clear, you're clear on your thoughts and, and opinions that you're going to, to share. Maybe even leaning into practices those days and your awareness in order to formulate some questions So, if you have heightened awareness, a couple practices before, then before I meet with a player, I will spend a couple minutes and I will maybe write down a couple questions that I want to ask them. Hey, do you remember when such and such happened and, you know, Suzuki, your teammate, you know, asked you this or said this to you? I noticed you just turned your back and walked away and sort of said something under your breath. I was wondering what you said and if we, you know, we could talk about it or, so you pick things out that, that you want to discuss and look, you're not necessarily picking that out to punish, you know, punish or call out the kid on something. It's to, to learn what their psyche, what's going, what, what are they thinking? How are they feeling? And, and you're trying to see things from their perspective so that then you can, you can help them. So I will think or prepare by, you know, having some questions. I will also typically begin with the end in mind, right? Which uh, is a Stephen Covey uh, term phrase begin with the end in mind so how do I want how do I want the conversation to end right I mean so that then I can work backwards say well I want to get to this point in the conversation I want them to have this realization or, or pass along this information and I want them to feel empowered leaving I want them uh, to have complete understanding, whatever whatever it is, and so think about where you want to end up, and then work yourself backwards. That way, we're not going into meetings, conversations, willy you know, willy nilly, just mm-hmm. uh, and, and and then they go off on all these rabbit trails because that's what emotions do a player's gonna have emotions and then maybe bring this up and that up and they're gonna deflect or compare themselves to somebody else. And now as a coach, all we're doing is following the rabbit down all these trails instead of pulling the player's attention back to the trajectory and path that we, we had kind of planned out. Players realize when you've thought prior to a meeting and you have a plan, right? So, it, so if I have a, a player rabbit trail, start down a rabbit trail. I will say, okay, uh, let's let's hold that thought for a second, and let's continue down this path. And I'll literally have a piece of paper out on my desk, and I will write I will write on the side of the paper, like the rabbit trail. You know, title it something, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever the topic is. So that they can see, okay, it's, it's in a holding space right now, right? Coach isn't just forgetting about it, but I stick, I stick to, to the path. So again, in that moment, like, what are we doing? We're together, we're managing that, that player's emotions mm-hmm. or I'm helping, you know, cause I might, I might have to say, Hey, I can see that you are really amped up about, about this. Let's keep calling it rabbit trail topic. Yeah. And I want to, I want to hear you out on that because your emotion is telling me that it's, you know, it's, it's, it's real. It's something's going on there, but let's finish this train of thought first. Okay. So just take a deep breath, like, know that we're going to, so, I'm literally helping this player notice, right? Notice the emotions they're having where I'm helping them choose to, okay, just set that aside for right now and stay, stay on a path. So uh, the prepare for working on emotional intelligence with players, I think is, I mean, it, to go back to your, your original question, in a nutshell, it's it's just being in the moment with them and no, and noticing, noticing and having empathy and, and managing it on the fly with them.
0: Right. And I, I think too, because you brought up <clears throat> with that, which kind of ties, you're such a good segue because it ties into the next question. Mm -hmm. Um, of, of how as coaches, uh, and this, this is strictly from coaches perspective, how should, how often should we work on these EI practices where we're, you know, whether it's, um, on ourself or, Hey, here's how to observe, observe, uh, our players. Cause I, like, one thing I learned, um, for my wife, uh, when she was doing her, or as she's doing her PhD, one of the classes she took was all about observing. And Mm. one of the things that she, one of her assignments that she had to do was just observe, um, um, some type of educational setting. And for whatever reason she chose my practice, like
1: Okay. She could she
0: right. could have just went into a classroom at her school and, <laughs> and she
1: chose your practice.
0: Yeah. Okay. And done, you know, what her normal job is of going in, evaluation, evaluating teachers and observing the classroom. But no, she picked my practice. And <laughs> I can remember, like I told the players ahead of time, I, I they were 14, 15-year-old boys. And they, they knew Casey. So they were just like, why is we're not we don't have a game. Why is Casey here? I'm like, right it's, it's for a class. So I explained what it was. Now, what I also told the boys was like, don't change who you are.
1: Right.
0: Like, I want you to just be as normal as possible. Like, yeah. don't even acknowledge that she's here. Huh. Still be you. I'm still going to be me. Like, I'm not yeah. like going to make sure that everything is fine point to the, to the line. So that way in her notes for her professor, who's not <laughs> grading me like, Oh man, like your husband's a really, really good coach. Um, <laughs> okay. So I can remember when it was over with and she had like typed the paper up and sent it into her class, I was like on the edge of like, do I ask to see it? Because Mm -hmm. maybe she sees something that I don't or, or, you know, we're, we're both watching the same thing, but maybe she can see something in kids that I don't just because of her significant superior knowledge of body language and children and things like that. So I went back and I, she actually let me read it. And I was like, no, I mean, nothing surprised me. Like she wasn't like my husband sucks at coaching. <laughs> um, but I was like watching and like things that she noticed that she was picking up on. And we like, I may have been with this group helping out with, with whatever we were doing. She was keeping an eye on this group that wasn't being mm-hmm. coached and logging every word that they were saying and logging their emotions, like wow. their body language And I was like reading through this. I was like, I never even like thought about stuff like this.
1: Wow. So
0: like it's made me since then really try to focus on if I'm not focusing like on a specific player or a group trying to improve the, the activity, I really try to just watch everyone. And I don't, and like, yes, I'm watching for the activity that we're trying to work on, but I'm really watching body language and I'm watching their reactions to things like, What do they do when they mess up? What do they do when a teammate messes up? Or Hey, like they're understanding that they're doing it the right way, but maybe their partner isn't. Those are the things that I'm watching because that gives me the idea, gives me the, the, the signal, like, Hey, this is where I need to come over, get involved and and help with something. So like, I know for me, like, that's always something that like, I try to consistently practice for myself is getting better at observing. And I'm not telling people to take classes. I'm the last person to say that, (laughs) but after seeing like what she had done in this class, like what it had taught her, Mm. I was like, man, like that's another element to like coaching that if we knew that, or if we looked at things, the way that these teachers are looking at things, or these administrators are looking at kids, how could, how that could help us. So like, are there other things other than just observing more that we can do as coaches to notice the EI of our players. That was a really long way to answer that, was, a, to ask yeah, that there question. Was a, there
1: was, there was a lot in there. <laughs> well, first, first I, I would say it, it is, it is difficult to pick up on everything as a coach in awareness and observation. So sometimes it is, a good idea to have another set of eyes mm-hmm. out there, and that's that's what a lot of coaches that I work with uh, love is because wh- when I'm on the sideline at a practice, I'm picking up on all these other things because I'm I'm looking through a slightly different lens, looking looking for different you know things like the body language and and comments and who players are talking to, who they're not talking to, what is being said, what is not being said. Sometimes we have to listen for what is not being said. And so I think having another set of eyes, if there's a way to do that, and even just coaching them a little bit on, okay, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I want you to watch. And just track getting getting information back you know from that person yeah now to go back to the the original question of you know how often should we work on emotional intelligence and practices that's where we started this segment I think is I mean it's happening all the time. So there's a different couple a couple different ways I was, Interpreting that question. First is we have to give them, we have to give them a, a framework. And so I would not. This is might sound crazy, but I would not. You're,
0: you're on soccer uh, chat.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Crazy is not a thing.
1: I would not talk to my team about emotional intelligence. I would not use those words because. Even though it, I mean, it maybe is easy to understand. It's, I don't know. Again, I, I've said this before. You got to put the cookies on the bottom shelf, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So I wouldn't go into it with, with you know, this big, you know, big theoretical. Here's all, you know, here's all the research. You just, you, you dumb it down to look you know, you, right back when we talked, uh, talked about the the athlete side of this, what are thoughts that you have about yourself? What are thoughts or feelings you have about yourself? Well, did that impact you for the rest of the practice? Right? Oh, when you, when you had this body language and what were you feeling and what were you saying to yourself? Yeah. And how was the rest of that, that game or that training session? How'd that work out for you? Uh, So when you show them the mirror you hold the mirror up and you show them how their thoughts and emotions are impacting their game, the light bulb goes on and they're listening at that moment. They're listening. Okay. If if you show them, uh, you know, a slide deck with all these words and all these theories, I don't think, I don't think it necessarily translates all the time. A few, a few may learn that way and be able to soak it in, but it's just like get straight to the point in the trenches and get, and, and when they see how it impacts, you know, impacts and say, we've got to, we've got to, we've got to add some logic to this. We've, we have to, we have to choose, right? So the intelligence piece is just ch- the, the choosing, the choosing what emotion is the best for you to have what thought is best for you to have? That's the intelligence part, right? But um, I'm not going to give them something that's going to make their eyebrows furrow Mm -hmm. and have to, you know, eat a steak in one, in one bite.
0: I'm going to put it That sounds amazing to try to do though.
1: (laughs) I know. (laughs) I'm going to put it in bite-sized pieces (laughs) for them. So, uh sh- showing them how it, how it how it translates on the field. And then giving them a, a framework to a beginning framework to try to deal with their, their performance, a bad performance. So this is a staple that I teach. And I think, I think it works here. All of my athletes, all my coaches know when i say authentic self versus performance self right the there's a difference and to be a great a great athlete i think a great person we have we have to or successful we have to understand this authentic self is who you are that is something different than performance self what you do what you do is soccer you pass the ball you know you go, you go to school, write papers, get good, you know, take tests. What we do as coaches is we set up cones, we, we coach, we do paperwork. So but we, but who we are is is different. So them understanding that the emotion tied to their performance okay is real and that does not that does not change who they are as a person, their character, their meaning, significance, uh, purpose in in life, like global big picture. And so, just dropping these sort of golden nuggets, the uh, that kind of create start to create a framework for them. That I think is a key piece to helping them manage manage their thoughts and emotions right my a thought about my my performance doesn't have to impact who who i am as a person and 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 so on and so forth does that is that
0: computing? Is no, that no. Well, I thought you said confusing at first. I was like, no, oh, I, compu- Well, is yeah, 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 yeah. that
1: compute? Does that yeah, yeah, yeah? <laughs> and,
0: and, and what you said kind of ties into to the, the last question, because you mentioned about not using the phrase emotional intelligent with your players and and you know, like putting the, the cookies on the bottom shelf, which is a fantastic idea, unless you have children like me. <laughs> um, the, you know, our, our next question was we, you know, you mentioned about how emotional intelligence is a part of culture. It, you know, it's how you can, can gauge things. So how now knowing, like you said, without using the phrase EI, how do you express to your team that that is a part of culture or is it something that you even mention that, Hey, this is a part of our culture, understanding it or learning how people will react to things.
1: Yeah, it's. So culture, the way that I define culture is my cliff note definition, I would call it. I like things short and sweet, concise. The (laughs) D-notes. Right. Uh, Culture is the beliefs and behaviors of a specific group of people. So beliefs and behaviors. There's emotions wrapped up in that. There's thoughts wrapped up in that. So um, I think guiding, guiding their, guiding their beliefs about themselves, helping guide their beliefs about the team is is going to increase their EI, let's say, if, if these beliefs are uh, you know, positive and, uh, driven in a, in a, in a good direction. I think it can, I don't know, I mean, it's, it, this is, this is easy to answer, but it's difficult. I mean, so emotional intelligence, yes, is, is a part of culture, but it's, it's just, it's woven, it's woven throughout it.
0: It's a part it's, of the fabric.
1: The fabric is, yes, it's a part of the fabric. And so I will, I will drop things into a culture that I would consider the, the infrastructure, you know, pieces. So core values, uh, teammate expectations, traditions, routines, rituals. Right. So, so you could, you could thread fabric, right. You could thread Mm -hmm. EI into a routine where at the, the end of a practice, they have the routine of, you know, writing down any emotions they had or, you know, circling up and saying anything that frustrated them or made them happy or right. So, we can use routine to use it as a, as a teaching tool. I would say, um, and so it, it's it's an it's an everyday thing. Let me let me let me go this route and, and say this. Looking at it from a fabric, you know, you said the the fabric of it's woven in the fabric of a culture the way we as coaches the the things that we highlight as coaches is what we put value on so what what are you constantly bringing up that is what you value and so if we want to if we want to value emotional intelligence and value players being able to be aware and manage their emotions, then we have to talk, we have to highlight it when it happens. We have to talk about it when it happens. That might be in public in a training session, that might be in private with the athlete themselves. You have to know your athletes well in order to decipher which one of those will be better and not explode. Right, You know, so, you know, and and there's a balance to everything, Sean, you're not going to be in a training session and, you know, every 30 seconds calling out somebody's emotion and this and that, but it's, it's, it's when, when an emotion is derailing somebody or when there's an emotion that more of us need to get on board with as far as maybe excitement or celebrating, you know, showing somebody some emotion that's positive. You know, we've got to call that out of our players too. Like, well, there it is. That's you're, you're highlighting it. You're, you're highlighting emotion and how it can be used for good. And then, you know, maybe in a huddle you say, Hey, you, you guys the vibe right the vibe is is down uh like what's the emotion maybe i would say what's the emotion going on and then i say okay well that's going to dictate the rest of this practice so choose what other emotion can we choose right so it's it's playing it's riding the wave (laughs) Mm -hmm. As it happens. Right. And, and so I I guess how I would finish that is for coaches, again, think about what, what do you want to, what do you want to value? And that's what you need to highlight and then help, help empower them and give them solutions. Uh, in that right if you want if you want strong body language you can't you can't ever not talk about it or not give that expectation
0: mm-hmm.
1: sometimes coaches do that it's like wow well, they need better body language you know but they're talking to their their buddies uh you know over by the car you know in the parking lot and not saying it and not saying it to the players or the team well you gotta you gotta teach that right and so highlight that okay everybody during warm-up strong body language right hey so-and-so change, change your body language right so that's that's weaving emotional intelligence into your culture
0: That's sure that's sure wow we the city's <laughs> valley emotional talk uh, we hit everybody yeah. Part one was on coaches. Part two was on players. Part three was coaches and players. And then we did ask big D anything, uh, when it comes to emotional intelligence for part four, you have any ideas on like what you want your next series to be? I know, I, I know you're a person like you like to strategize and get a plan and whatnot. Oh
1: yeah. About, yeah. I, I have, I have a list. I have oh a list. yeah.
0: <laughs> the list and of I'm gonna, Donna.
1: Yeah. I'm going to go back to that list. And I think there's a couple that would be good spin-offs uh after after this series, um to to, to go into. So yeah, I'm gonna be strategic. I'm gonna yes. it'll be a surprise. It'll be a surprise for everybody.
0: I like surprises. I don't know about other people, but I enjoy I enjoy surprises because <laughs> they don't because they don't happen very often. So like when it happens, oh. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Well, you can catch her as always on her our- very, very famous website at donnafischter.com. You can follow her all over social media at Donna Fisher. Uh, one day she may change it to like Big D Donna Fisher. I don't know, but for right now, we'll go with at Donna Fisher. She is Big D. She's everybody's favorite emotional intelligence guru leadership. Yeah, um, guru. Guru. I don't know. That just sounds cool. I, I like for whatever reason. Guru is always like a, a word. I'm like, I really like using that. I don't use it enough. Okay. Um, you know as we've said numerous times on on this on these series you know by far and away one of the most popular uh presentations at united Star coaches convention is big d always standing room only sold out to the rafters couldn't even get everybody in the room uh you know and we're so thankful to have her on doing these these four-part series uh for you guys so as she said it's going to be a surprise what the next series is And as always, Donna, thank you so much for spending some of your time with us and and letting us know uh, some more things that we need to be thinking about when it comes to coaching.
1: Absolutely. Love it. Can't wait till next time.